BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. California is now reporting more confirmed cases of COVID-19 than any other state in the nation. We should caveat that by saying that California also has more people than any other state. Still, ours was the first to shut down. It seemed like we were bending the so-called curve. Not anymore. Here's KQED's Guy Marzarati. The state is reaching the grim milestone as it struggles to stem the spread of the virus. On Wednesday, Governor Gavin Newsom reported a daily record of 12,807 cases, which moved California past New York for the highest number of cases of any state. Not highest per capita, not highest uh, in that respect, but nonetheless uh, a sober reminder uh, of why we are taking Uh, things as seriously as we are. The spike isn't just the result of more tests. Newsom says the percentage of Californians testing positive continues to go up as well. And Newsom says 35 of California's 58 counties are now on the state's monitoring list, bringing additional restrictions on business openings and a requirement to start the school year with distance learning. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. Call it a spike call it a surge. Whatever you call that grim milestone guy mentioned, it's wreaking havoc on health care facilities throughout our state, forcing them to prepare for the worst. KQED science reporter Leslie McClurg explains. California flattened the curve last spring, but soon after the economy reopened, cases spiked again. After June 15th, we saw things skyrocket precipitously, where we're now looking at 4,000 to 9,000 new COVID-positive cases a day. That's Carmela Coyle, the president of the California Hospital Association. She says Southern California continues to suffer the highest hospitalization rates, but several counties in the Central Valley, like Fresno, Merced, and Kings, are new hotspots. Coyle says the good news is average hospital stays are shortening as treatments are refined. And she says the state currently has enough beds for all COVID patients with surge capacity. But she stresses staff, testing, and personal protective equipment are still in short supply. And the state must continue to shore up resources, as models suggest the situation will decline. For the California Report, I'm Leslie McClurg. COVID-19 is on track to become the leading cause of death in L.A. County. As KPCC's Jackie Fortier explains, health officials warn that unless people wear face masks and physically distance, more people will die. Since January, the coronavirus has killed more than 4,200 people in L.A. County. That makes it the second leading cause of death after coronary heart disease. County Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer. It's killing more people than Alzheimer's disease, other kinds of heart disease, stroke, and COPD. 
Ferrer said COVID-19 has proven much deadlier than the flu. But in the first six months of 2020, COVID-19 killed more than twice as many people as the flu did over an eight-month period. For the past month, COVID-19 has killed about 30 people every day in L.A. County. Low-income people who tend to be essential workers and people of color are bearing the brunt of the pandemic. For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. As coronavirus cases surge, so are reports of depression, anxiety, and other mental health concerns. But even as mental health professionals are needed more than ever, Valley Public Radio's Carrie Klein reports those who graduated from one Fresno State nursing program are being told to return to school and repeat their classes. The program provides a certificate that allows nurse practitioners to offer psychiatric care. But because of an administrative error, the program was never accredited, and all 60 former graduates were told they'd lose their licenses if they didn't repeat the program within five years. Graduate Joyce Weckel found out in early 2019. I was completely shocked because I graduated in 2011. I've been practicing all of these years. Weckel runs a private psychiatric practice in Ventura County. She manages around 700 patients, and she estimates that redoing her one-year program would mean offloading around a quarter of them. Multiply that by 60 graduates, and it could mean thousands or tens of thousands of patients lose access to mental health care during a pandemic. You know, everyone is just booked to the hill. And, you know, we need more providers right now and not fewer. Last month, Weckel and 15 other psychiatric nurse practitioners penned a letter to the organization that certifies nurses, the ANCC, asking it to grandfather them back into compliance. The agency has not responded to them or to our request for comment. Fresno State Nursing School Chair Sylvia Miller says the ANCC told her it's considering the letter but has not determined whether it will change its position. In the meantime, Weckel is preparing for some hard choices as she waits to hear back. I feel like I'm between a rock and a hard spot. If nothing changes, she's set to repeat the program starting in the fall. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno. The current tally of COVID-19 infections here in California now stands at more than 421,000. As we hurtle towards a half a million cases, we were looking for context. What do those numbers mean? For answers to that, we called up the chair of the Department of Epidemiology and Biostatistics at UCSF, Dr. Kirsten Bibbins-Domingo. The case count doesn't actually concern me. What concerns me more is that we didn't open up with the precautions we needed to. We have to collectively take those precautions now. We have to do that throughout the entire state. And then we have to be particularly concerned about communities locally and parts of the state that need the most help in order to get the pandemic under control. So for people who aren't following every twist and turn in this story um, and who don't monitor, you know, every word that Governor Gavin Newsom says, how do we do that? How do we bend the curve and buy time the way we we seemed to have done in March? Yeah, the virus needs a place to go. That's the only way the virus survives. And when we were shut down, the virus had no place to go. We were all in our houses, so the virus couldn't find us. When we went outside and we started to go back to work, um, we needed to do that with um, consistently, reliably with masks on. And I think um, the variation in the messaging probably didn't help us. And I, what I like now is we have uh, our state uh, saying with very clear messages from the governor. And although there seems to be resistance across counties, I think we're realizing we have to do this. 
if I had to do one thing differently, I would have said, you know, at all costs, we need our schools open. At all costs, we have to do everything we can to keep our schools open in the fall. And to do that, that means, yes, shut down initially in the spring, open up carefully in the summer with masks. And um, it's that carefully part that didn't quite happen in the way it should have. And I think there's there's lots of ways we could think about what we can do differently. But right now, we just have to do those things that each of us have to do, mask wearing, avoiding high-risk areas in order to get back to where we could open schools, for example. Talk to me about... Um lower income communities and what is happening in those places? Um, what can be done to to tackle this pandemic by really focusing thoughtfully on those places? What do you think needs to happen? We know throughout the state, our Latinx communities, we know African-American, Asian and Pacific Islander communities all have higher death rates. Um, but particularly uh, striking is that 50% of our cases are in Latinx uh, populations. One thing is important to know is that this is an equity issue. We should pay attention because we need to be concerned about all members of our community, but also this is an issue just of how we manage the pandemic strategically. So I'll give you the example in San Francisco. So we actually had our numbers under pretty good control, but even during that time, we knew we had more transmission in our Latinx communities. And so it required that we actually focus more attention, even when the average numbers were low, to communities where there's higher spread. Focusing more attention means bringing testing to those communities, making sure they're tested at the same rate as other populations, making sure that masks are widely available, that the resources to stay at home, if you actually have a diagnosis um, so that you can actually isolate and the family can quarantine are important. And I think we are now hearing really consistent messages from the departments of public health and from our mayor about really the attention to our communities where there is more transmission because we have to focus on them, but also because it keeps our entire city safer when we do that. Dr. Kirsten Bibbins-Domingo, thank you so much for joining us. Not at all. Thank you. The FBI has confirmed that they've linked the shooting of a men's rights lawyer in the San Bernardino Mountains to the suspect in the ambush shooting of a federal judge's family in New Jersey. From KVCR in the Inland Empire, Benjamin Perper has more. Attorney Mark Angelucci was shot to death in his home in the San Bernardino Mountains on July 11th. Federal authorities said Wednesday they have evidence this shooting is linked to the Sunday shooting at the home of U.S. District Judge Esther Salas in New Jersey. The primary suspect is Roy Den Hollander, another attorney known for his men's rights activism, who was found dead from what appeared to be self-inflicted injuries a day after the New Jersey shooting. Authorities believe the two shootings are related, but declined to give details on how. FBI spokeswoman Doreen Holder said in an emailed statement that the FBI is engaged with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office in their investigation. For the California Report, I'm Benjamin Perper. Finally this morning, one of the country's largest and most influential environmental organizations is acknowledging its racist past. The Sierra Club is publicly calling out its co-founder, John Muir, who made derogatory comments about black and indigenous people and supported racist policies. KCRW's Katherine Barnes reports. 
You've probably seen Muir's most quoted phrase on a bumper sticker, the mountains are calling and I must go. But you may not know some of his uglier passages, like this one from his 1884 book, The Mountains of California, where he recounts passing a tribe of Mono Indians, calling them ugly and hideous, and saying, quote, somehow they seem to have no right place in the landscape. The naturalist helped found the National Park Service and co-founded the Sierra Club in 1892. The mountaineering club catered to middle and upper-class white people and maintained an exclusive culture for decades, a culture the current leaders of the environmental advocacy group are trying to change. In a public letter, the Sierra Club acknowledged the harm its organization has caused and says it's redesigning its leadership structure so that black, indigenous, and other people of color make up the majority of the team. For the California Report, I'm Katherine Barnes. And that's the California Report for this Thursday, July 23rd, a production of KQED Public Radio. If you're a fan of the California Report, we want to hear from you. We're looking for listeners like you to participate in a short survey so we can better serve you. Help us by visiting kqed.org slash TCR survey. kqed.org slash TCR survey. I'm Lily Jamali. Thanks so much for listening. Support for the California Report comes from the California Earthquake Authority, urging Californians to prepare to survive and recover from the next damaging earthquake. Learn more at earthquakeauthority.com. Earth Justice, a national nonprofit law organization fighting for the right to a healthy environment. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. 
Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Happy reading!